Hello everyone and welcome to Fireside Friends. This is episode 23. I'm Ryan Prasad and with me are my co-hosts, Alan Ibrahim. It's rainy and snowy and cold outside and we're by the fire talking about stuff. <laughs> Hello. And Katie Marie. Howdy! Here we are, winter weather, marshmallows, earmuffs, good to go. Marshmallows, earmallows, the whole shebang. The weather outside is frightful, but the fireside oh. friends are so delightful. No, no. <laughs> I knew it was coming. No. And then I don't know how to finish the rest of the verse because I couldn't think of anything else witty. But I don't want it to snow because I have to drive my ass home tomorrow, so. <laughs> uh. <laughs> don't let it snow. Don't let it snow. Well, at least not yet. But yeah, if. You are a new listener because I think we have gained a couple followers uh, since the support POC podcast hashtag. Welcome to Fireside Friends. We are a podcast that talks about movies, video games, anime, uh, just stuff that we've been enjoying and we want to talk about on the podcast. And it's super chill and super fun. Sometimes we have a guest, sometimes we don't have a guest. This time we don't have a guest because it's December and holiday times are hectic and I didn't really want to bother anyone this time around, but it's been a while since we've done just us, so... Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Wait, you think this is going to be a good one or a bad one? What do you think? Oh, yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, these are the questions, aren't they? Pretty good. Yeah. It'll be as good as we make it. It's what we make of it. It's an empty canvas until I ruin it. <laughs> uh, I just played some really good games of Overwatch like half an hour ago. Nice. Uh, so the holiday update is out and the costumes are good and they... I think this is new. It's not new. I think they just redressed it. It's like there's this mode where every time you respawn, you're a different character. And it's called the like winter mystery or whatever. And I think it was called something else before. But for this event, it's the winter mystery. And you're playing on two maps that are both redone for Christmas, which is like Kings Row and Hanamura. Mm. Um, yep. And yeah, I played a bunch of that half an hour ago with Andrew, and uh, I think, Alan, you were talking about this yesterday, um, and I played it long enough where I got into like a groove where when I switched characters, it was less of like, oh, I don't know how to play this character that's going to suck, and more of just like, okay... How do I figure this out? What's my strategy? How do I figure this character out? Which was a really nice flow to get into for that game. Uh, and I feel like I'm learning a lot just by playing that mode, which I thought was really cool. It's such a good mode. It, and I don't, I do think it was there before winter, but it did have a different, it was like mystery pick yeah. or something. Um, yeah. It's like the best way to learn new characters is just. Um, it changes the sort of like push and pull aspect of Overwatch, which I've since, yeah. I guess the last podcast or whatever, like gotten played quite a lot of. Um, and when, when it's mystery picks, you're just like, I am not 
here to play my role. I'm here to play the role that was assigned to me. And so mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. who are usually like hanging back and playing Mercy um, are suddenly Zarya and have to learn how to use their shields and have to be the ones pushing the objective and that kind of thing. And I really like that idea. And I love how it makes you feel of like, oh, where am I? Okay, I'm this character. Here's what I have to do right now. And he died. You want to make that life count or else you're going to be switched again. And, you know, it kind of makes each uh, each life more valuable. And you're like, oh, I got to yeah, I got to figure this out now or else I'm going to lose and get someone else that I don't know how to play. And yeah. it makes the matches very it's, exciting. Yeah, it's a lot more about survivability for sure. Um, if you can like stick to a character that you know how to survive with. Um, it's also more hectic than like regular Overwatch. You're not like guaranteed to have a balanced team going in and the characters are pretty random. Uh, so it's not like... It's not the most balanced thing in the world, but I do think it's an interesting way to learn that game more. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I had a really good streak, and I can't tell if it's because I was just paired with people who knew how to play Overwatch. I feel like if you're just playing with people who are new to the game, that mode is probably frustrating. Because it can go either way. You can either get a really good game, or you just get crumbled yeah uh, absolutely trashed yeah that was what i was i think i was asking you last night when we were talking was like am i good at this or is it just the like you're when you're on a hot streak you can't even tell because you're on a team yeah and maybe you're just on a good team and you want to stay with them forever and never leave because it feels good to be good at that game yeah and the truth i mean the answer is column a column b right yeah like the whole part of the the whole point of the game is to work as a team and if everybody's doing their part then uh it's it'll be a fun game uh and then the second that somebody is not holding up their end of the bargain it gets frustrated or frustrating mm-hmm. so quick question for both of you favorite holiday skin go uh, uh zenyatta that yeah, nut i was gonna say zenyatta <laughs> It's a good nut. That nut. Uh, <laughs> so let me just explain the joke. When you go to Zenyatta's skin and you go to look at that weapon, because Zenyatta is like a nutcracker guy. He's dressed as a nutcracker and his weapons are nutcrackers. And so when you go to the menu, look at his weapon, he just got a giant nut. Yep. It's a big nut. Zoomed into a big. It's an, it's 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 a really. It takes up your screen. <laughs> That's a big nut. They don't make them that big. You can't eat that nut. How are you gonna <laughs> crack that nut? No. What kind of nutcracker does it take to crack something that big? It's the beginning of the Social Network too. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um. That's an easy answer, and that's the skin that I want by the end of the event, most definitely. Yeah. I did get the Farah winter skin last night, and it is cool that to be an ice really princess. Good. Yep, that one's really good. She's got like I like the lipstick. changes, like her like lipstick and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, her lipstick, yeah, yeah. Um, that one's nice. I like the May one. I like the May one. It's like super basic, right? She has but a hat. When you, she has a hat, and when you do the ice ability, her ice ability is a snowman. So yes. Oh, dip! I it's didn't know that. Cute. Yeah, it's uh, pretty cool. And, it's pretty cool. And then I didn't realize then, this. Oh yeah, go ahead. Go no, go ahead. 
I didn't realize this until Katie tweeted about it, but on the on the title screen, uh, a little there's a little sneaky Scrooge uh, McCree yep. <laughs> in the background, yep. and that's also a pretty yeah. good skin. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, kind of mixed on the main mode now mm. that I've played it by myself. Yeah. Uh, once once you get hit by a snowball, you're out for the match, and the matches take forever, depending on how it goes. So, and there's no timer, so I don't know how to feel about it anymore. Uh, yeah, I think, like, if it's a you're out for the match type thing, it should probably have a timer so that, you know, somebody's not sitting there for 20 minutes doing nothing. Yep, because it's very methodical, uh, Mm -hmm. because you only have one shot, and then the way you get more ammo is you have to suck up snow uh, from specific places, uh, which means you cannot waste your ammo, really. Um, so matches are super slow, and when you get out, it can potentially take a long time for you to do anything else other than watch the game. So uh, I don't know how much else I'll play of that, because when I'm playing Overwatch, I just want to play some stuff, and I don't know. Yeah. I'm mixed on that mode. On one hand, it's a cool idea and it's cute. On the other, it's I wish it was less frustrating to play, I guess. Any mode that takes you out for a significant... It's sort of like Counter-Strike in that way, where it's like, oh, you're out and now you're going to watch the rest of this fight. You're like, no, I want to... This is a game that you play. Like, the respawn time in quick play and competitive is short for a reason. Uh, yeah. It's not nothing, because the whole point is that when you defeat someone, it has to take them a while to get back. But also, like, you... You end up in games where it's like one person against three and they're just running around trying to escape and the match is going to last like another three minutes, four minutes because you're just watching people and then put up a wall and this is all you want to get into like really specific Overwatch stuff. The reason that that main mode is not great is is complicated, but yeah, in general, it's just yeah. too uh, hands off after you if you don't like do well in the beginning and you get knocked out early. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Um wonder if there's anything else. Um, Oh, I got the Yeti skin for Winston. Oh, man. That, that I like skin. that one, too. Yeah. Super good. It's up there for ones I want, definitely. I love these skins. Ugh. <laughs> the skins yep. economy is good in that game. I know it's, like, bad, and it. I bought I bought some loot boxes. Ooh. I bought $2 of the loot boxes. The skins economy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's economical skins, mm. right? <laughs> it's just it's it's rng like blizzard has their whole like random number generator stuff that they do in all of their games it's that at its finest like i had one i told y'all i had one streak where i got like two or three skins and in, in a couple boxes and it's like oh no now i'm never gonna get anything again i got my luck for the yeah. week no yeah that's usually how that works uh, at least with the arcade mode it's easier to earn loot boxes oh yes yeah. yeah that's one thing that's got it going for them um yeah, I, I, I still really like that game a lot. It's kind of ruined shooters for me. The Titanfall two had a beta, and I played it with a with a John, and I just couldn't get into it yeah. the same way I got into Overwatch because it's very just much like oh I tore a car and I died. I would I ended up in the wrong place and I died. Yeah. Uh, and then Overwatch is very just like anti that, which is really refreshing. And for me, it just makes 
all those other games obsolete and I don't like if you're I don't know how well those games are doing but I, like I almost feel like those companies feel should feel scared of Overwatch in a way because mm-hmm. Overwatch is just like everything I wanted in a shooter just like uh, it's really fun and it's really accessible and my friends who don't play shooters play Overwatch and me me yeah. <laughs> and like friends who don't play shooters friends who play shooters like it brings people together in a way that i haven't really seen a game do before at least of that type yeah because when when they pitch it as like oh it's like a moba but it's a shooter you're like that sounds confusing but you then realize that it's like one of the most accessible shooters in a really long time and it's really fun and i think that it's something special, but I also think that maybe they should take the racist skins out of the game. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. They changed Symmetra. Really? And her new abilities. She has a new ability where she can, like, spawn it. She has two ults now. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the second one is. I haven't played as her yet. Uh, but she has, like, a shield as a new ability where she can spawn a shield and it kind of projects out in front of the in front of her so it blocks some shots which is really nice okay. defense um and then i think her turrets do more damage now and her gun is a longer range uh so they made so yeah they made a lot of changes to how symmetra works she's still basically more or less the same character just with more stuff to make her more usable uh, in more situations um but you can still play as a like a sexy Hindu god woman. Nice. And that's really <laughs> bothersome to me. Every time I see it, I'm just like, why what you just you you just have that skin because you think it looks cool. You don't actually care about Hinduism, do you? Right. Uh which is yeah, I don't know. It's really frustrating. Same with all the the Farah costumes as well. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, Roadhog is another can of worms of fat shaming and all that fun stuff. So, the the far stuff always make, bothers me as an Arab American, where I'm like, what does Native culture have to do with this character? Like, what? Yeah, I mean, yeah. as a Native American, cool. I'm like, yeah. why? Yeah. Why is she wearing this? I mean, like, uh, uh, I, I've. The best comparison is it's like a civilian wearing military blues. It's that same kind of thing here. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I mean, she may have very well earned it in another life, but (laughs) she's not, she's not from there. She's not, she's, she's. (laughs) I almost feel like the designers got together and was like, what's ethnic? (laughs) um that's i don't know it's it's frustrating because i really like that game a lot and i really wish that shit wasn't in the game yeah that's kind of how i feel about it too i feel like um if there's the argument that they want to be more inclusive they should make a native american character or yeah like a polynesian character yeah kind of thing so Sombra's cool. She's uh, Mexican. She's a cool character. I I feel like 
the problem that I've heard is like, oh, if you take the skins out, people will get mad uh, because they paid for it and stuff. Just make cooler skins and just replace them with cooler skins. Or some form of compensation that would always work. Yeah. yeah. Refunds and stuff. Yeah. They're not going to refund anybody. Yeah, but I just mean like, you know, you can add like credits to the Yeah, credit them, give them the credits back, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's my Overwatch feelings right now. I still really like it a lot, and I'm still probably going to play it over the break. Um, I got a lot of time to dig in and uh, play with some friends and unlock some loot boxes and hopefully get some cool skins. Totes. Um, two quick things. One, I... Oh, also, by the way, this, the Symmetra second ult is a shield that covers your whole team. So it's okay, a teleporter yeah. or a shield generator. Cool. It's a generator, right. so it's a physical thing you Makes put sense. down that can be destroyed. Uh, also, I was going to say, very excited to see what Overwatch is in 2017, because they're definitely, they're, yeah. like, leaning into the competitive aspect and, like, doing tournaments with teams and, and banners and all this cool stuff. Um, yeah. Curious to see what that does to the meta. And then also... I really want to go back and listen to the Fireside Friends episode where we first found out that Overwatch came out and we were like, this seems weird. I don't want to play this. (laughs) And now it's like the Ur game. (laughs) It's slowly evolved. We're into it. Yeah, they have a new map on the way too, (gasps) which I'm excited for. It's exciting. Uh, One one super fucked up thing is uh, that I'll say is that in in the winter loot boxes, they have an icon that's a hat that says 2017 on it. Like, as if anybody's looking forward to 2017. They're just like, hey, new year. It's like, no, do you not know what's happening next year? Do you think I want to be reminded of what's happening next year? Come on. Have some fucking decency, Blizzard. I just like to think of that. It could have been anything else. They have some really cute. There's like, there's like a hot chocolate icon. There's like a snow man. And then it's just like 2017. Not excited. Had, not excited. I'm not excited for next year. I'm not. Sorry. Everybody's like, 2016 is the worst year ever. It's got to end. Like, well, 2017 is not going to be any better. <laughs> it's going to be worse. Marginally worse. <laughs> Fuck. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's my the world is ending bit for this podcast. Yeah. Uh, tell me about Pokemon. What's going on with Pokemon? Oh my god. <laughs> it's so fun! And cute. What makes this different from X and Y? Okay, so... I personally think that like it has it a lot more elements of an RPG, like a traditional RPG, as opposed to a traditional Pokemon game. Like, your character... Mm. I feel like is way more involved you're way more involved with a set of characters like in X and Y you know you had the little cute friend group and they were like oh hey we meet up every now and then and we're friends and here's Pokemon battle woohoo okay bye but like in this there's like these recurring characters who kind of travel with you and it feels a lot more like you're an actual person making real decisions and it's a lot more emotional to me in mm. that aspect. Um, I also think it's more accessible in some ways with how they handle Pokemon battles 
status conditions and stuff like that with Pokemon Refresh. Um, mm. Well, how can you explain how they change the status conditions? Yeah. Okay. So basically, like if your Pokemon is affected by any sort of status condition by the end of the battle, that doesn't normally go away. Like confusion right. goes away, but sleeping, poison, paralysis, that sort of stuff. Um, at the end of the battle, there's like an option to press to care for your Pokemon in Pokemon Refresh, which is, a, a, it's like the replacement for Pokemon Ami, which is where you can feed them beans and pet them and stuff. Um, but also, your Pokemon gets affected by however they battle. So like if they're hit by water type moves, they'll be wet and you have to dry them off with like a blow dryer. If they're hit with like ground type moves or like a gust or a sand attack or something, they'll have like dirt and dust on them that you have to brush off. And they'll have mm. like knots. But also one of the things is that they'll be affected by status conditions and you can basically like give them medicine to heal them. Okay. Um, and then the status condition goes away. Like it's done. Is the medicine like a consumable? No. It's like a... Basically, you just, it's like a, I guess, like a cotton ball with Q-tips and you kind of just like, not Q-tips, uh, tweezers and you just rub it on them and then they get better. So you're telling me that at the end of every battle, the game just gives me a free opportunity to get rid of whatever junk that Pokemon has yes. on them. Yep. All right. <laughs> so, Tell me more. That's pretty cool. Um, plus when you're actually like battling, if you faced that Pokemon before, it'll let you know the, how the moves are effective against the Pokemon, whether it's super effective, regular effectiveness or not very effective, or if it has no effect at all. Um, and how is this? Wait, okay. Sorry. How is it displayed on the screen? How does it tell you this? Um, basically when you go in to like use a move, it says it right under the name of the move. Effective, super effective, not very effective. Yeah. All right. You're all right. I'm I'm interested. (laughs) And also, (laughs) accessibility wise, um, you used to have to like click through and like check moves to see like, oh, what does this move do? Uh, in the middle of this battle, like, what is the power of this move? What is it? Right. You know, um. So basically, if you're in the battle and you're going to use a Pokemon move and you're going to attack, if you just hover over the move and click L and A, it'll give you all the information about it. And you don't have mm-hmm. to like go anywhere else. And all the information is right there so you know what you're doing. Nice. And they added a Pokeball I- shortcut. So you just press Y and you throw y a Pokeball. And, yeah. Wait, what? Instead of when you want to catch something, you have to hit like bag, find the Pokeball... And then hit mm-hmm. use. You can just hit Y, and it picks the most like recent. I I don't know how they pick which one they put there. I think it's like the most recent one you've used, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then it's just hit hit Y, and then hit use, and you'll you, you'll throw the Pokeball that you have handy, like quick equipped, basically. Instead of having to do, it's like one less button press, essentially. Mm-hmm. Which is nice if you're like doing multiple quick cat, like you're in just like a capture fest or something. Um, I, how is the character customization? I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. My problem with Pokemon X is that 
Uh, the stores were very few and far between, and when I got to a store, I couldn't really afford anything that I wanted. Or, like, you would go to the city, <laughs> and there would be, like, the store, and it's like, oh, you, you need to be, like, level whatever, and you need to have a billion dollars <laughs> to get all these clothes. Yeah. And I was just, I just want to make my Pokemon trainer look cute. Right. Um. Okay, so, basically, I was... You know, kind of, I felt the same way because I want to make my character look like me or how I want to represent myself in a game, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, first city, the, literally the town you start out in, basically, it's like right down the, literally right down the road from your house is where the hair salon is. You get contacts. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a female character, you get lipstick and mm-hmm. um, what <laughs> yep <laughs> you it. can change your hair you can uh buy clothes on this island and then once you go to the second island and i assume the islands after that there are other clothing stores um but so far it's mm-hmm. two for two both islands i've been on have had clothing stores um and they have a pretty decent selection but also, nice. your mom is like, hey, before you go on your adventure, I'm just going to give you a little bit of pocket money. She gives you nice. 30,000 pokey dollars. <laughs> Here's 30 grand. Good luck. Here's a small loan for my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Who you're not going to meet, but you can just don't pay it off. Uh, so, so yeah, is, you can afford here are like my, Here everything. are my bootstraps. That's awesome. Which is really uh, cool. I have so many thoughts on this game. I love it. And I think what Katie's getting at is more than anything, every single step of the way, they made efforts to stop you from getting bored or having to do nonsense. Like even like when you catch something new and there's that brilliant thing where like if you have a party of six and you want to replace one of them, it's you don't have to send it to straight to the PC. You can be like, no, I want to replace someone right now. But before I do that, I want to see what my Pokemon's moves are. And then I want to see what this one's moves are. Like, you really get to, like, get in there and make the decision before anything else happens. Like, it's a hard stop. Like, hey, what do you want to do with this? And then, Mm. you know, send them to a box or replace someone in my party. Which early on, I was doing that constantly, just constantly swapping out my team. But, um, y'all, Pokemon Refresh is, like, the best thing that's happened to Pokemon in a while. Yes. Um, For, like... What is is Pokemon Refresh? Pokemon Refresh is the thing Katie's talking about. Yeah. Okay, got it, got it. Because early on, it's like, it is just a me. It is like, oh, you're going to pet them. And like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, you can get rid of status conditions. Um, And it's, I almost always, almost always will hit the care button at the end. Because it's just, I love the, like, skinship mechanic, whatever the gross name for that type of thing is, where you can, like, pet uh, your Pokemon. Um, But at the point that I'm at in the game, uh, you know, Gen 6, part of the criticism of it was just, it was, like, too easy. It was just like, oh, you're just kind of kind of run through and stomp everything, and EXP share is going to crush the game. I've turned EXP share on and off in this new one, and I'm at a point where it's, like, quite difficult, but not to the point where I'm ever having to replay anything. It's just difficult mm-hmm. because you have to strategize a little bit. Like, just you're just not, like, one-shotting everything. And the reason that right. Pokemon Refresh is brilliant is um, just to share a brief story, uh, I was in like a mid to latish game. That's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm like just finished the third island, hopped onto the fourth island. Uh, and there was like a long stretch of just fights and no healing. 
And this game's usually very good about, like, every couple of feet you go, there's just somebody who wants to heal all your Pokemon so that you don't have to keep going back to the Pokemon Center. It's just nice of them. Like, here's a free heal. Uh, But they finally are like, no, this is, like, where the bad guys hang out. Like, you need to not need... You can't have heals right now. And I was doing all of that, and I was, like, kind of struggling. And I was totally prepared. Like, oh, I have plenty of revives. I don't want to have to use them. Uh, And I had, like, one Pokemon left. And... So one of the mechanics they don't tell you about that's like a fun little secret thing is if you play with your Pokemon enough in refresh and get their like hearts up, like their affection for you up, they will take a hit for you and they will not faint after a killing blow, which is like, it sounds cool and it sounds game breaking, but it happens infrequently enough that it's awesome. So I had one like the normal, the equivalent of a Pidgey basically. Uh, got to the final like person in this whole long stretch of people and was dealt a killing blow. And I was like, oh, I haven't saved in like 30 minutes. Like I made such a huge mistake. <laughs> and then it turns and it says, it's like hearts appear above its head. And it says, this Pokemon uh, uh, survived a blow so that you wouldn't be sad. You're like, oh my God. <laughs> and then just, just swept the rest of that person's team. And I was like, oh, I love you. And I like petted it for like 20 minutes afterwards. I was like, oh, this is so good. Like, just that, that like, it'll take a blow for you, or it'll occasionally just not get hit. Like, attacks will just miss, because it'll say, oh, it moved in time with the trainer, and through its love, managed to dodge an attack. And that kind of <laughs> yeah. stuff just makes you so, like, you care about them so much. Like, I've had the same team of six since basically the first island, and I'm like, I don't want to replace them. They're my babies. I love all of them. Yep. Uh, mm. It really, really makes, it goes huge strides to make you care about your team, and, like, just the fact that you're on like a small island uh, continent is really cool too because it's kind of underdeveloped in terms of being a Pokemon content uh, continent. Uh, mm-hmm. Like they don't have a Pokemon league. Basically, right. the professor the professor is like, we should set one of those up, right? Like we should have a thing where at the end, after the eight trials, there's more than eight actually, but like after all the trials, you should like do a big fight. And everyone's like, what What do you mean? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I heard my cousin <laughs> in Kanto, they have a thing called a Pokemon League. <laughs> my my uncle who works in Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. my <laughs> uncle who works in Nintendo told me that in the Johto region, they do like eight gyms and they go to another region with more gyms. And they're like, we don't even have gyms, dog. We do trials where you like collect berries and then fight a totem. Like they don't even right. have gyms anymore. Oh my gosh. It's, it's a different thing. And just to say, the trials are so fun and cute i have loved every single one of the trials that i've done i've loved all of the like you know with pokemon gym leaders it's kind of like oh hey i'm the gym leader of this gym we're gonna fight now and you have no interaction with me before or after this thank you goodbye but like with the trial leaders you have like this continuous interaction with them so that's really cool because you get to know them as characters and they're all very unique and very adorable And then um, with the actual trials, like, sometimes you don't even fight a Pokemon other than, like, the Mm. totem. Um, Like, one of my favorite ones so far is, spoiler, on... The Marowak one? Yes! How did you know? (laughs) Because it's the best one! (laughs) Yes! Okay, so you're on the... You're doing this fire trial on the second island, and these Marowaks are doing this dance. And basically, you have to point out the difference between the first dance they did and the second dance they did. <laughs> Spot the difference. It is. Oh, my God. So cute. It is so adorable. And I love it wow. so much. Um, that was my favorite by far. Um, 
And yeah, I just really appreciate like the breaking up of the monotony of Pokemon gyms. I think that the trials yeah. were an amazing addition. Uh, when I first heard that like this Pokemon game might not have Pokemon gyms, I was like, there's no way. Okay, they have an established system. They're not going to deviate from that. That's stupid. Um... Well, I ate my words, and also <laughs> I really love it, so I don't think it's stupid awesome. at all. Um, yeah, it's it's really cute, it's really accessible, and I love all the Pokemon. I love all my babies. Oh. Team Pop. That sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, that this definitely sounds like the Pokemon game that I wanted this whole time. Because Pokemon games have kind of been the same structure with little changes. I mean, they're, you know, EXP share and stuff, but, like, nothing this dramatic from mm-hmm. what I can tell, right? Right. Um, and also, yeah, all all the innovation with, like, well, innovation, maybe not the right word, but, like, they tell you what your moves do and whether it's effective or not. Like, my whole thing was, like, before I knew about Sun and Moon, really... I was just like, well, I mean, I would play a Pokemon game if they made it like Persona, where they just fucking told you what moves work. Uh, and this sounds close enough for me that, yeah, I'm definitely going to play this. I mean, I already bought a copy. I already planned on it. But this just makes me a lot more excited to jump in. Uh, and it's really nice to hear that they made a lot of changes. And I'm really excited to give it a try. Yeah, I don't know anyone personally who is like severely disappointed by it because even if you're like ah oh, pokemon got too easy like this one's definitely harder than gen 6 it isn't brutal and like i said if you just turn on exp share you will pretty much beat the whole thing effortlessly um yeah. and just the, the way the totems the totem pokemon work which kind of replaced gym leaders is such a good system because it can never be made easy it can, you cannot this, this, like instantly defeat them a totem pokemon basically is like the end of a trial a like big unique single pokemon comes immediately does the like call for help mechanic where they can just bring a second one that you have to fight so it becomes a two-on-one and then maybe even a third person and Mm -hmm. they also get like a huge boost to one of their stats so it's like a really really hard graveler for example could be like one of the the totems and even though you're tight matched against it it has so much health you're not gonna one-shot it you're gonna have to fight it you're gonna have to struggle a little bit and it's gonna have some weird move like roll out or something that's just gonna like if you're not careful, you're going to get stomped by this totem, and that ends up being, like, a good challenge of your skills. And the way that the stat boosting works is, like, yeah, this is going to be, like, a fun, exciting, like, boss battle, and then you're going to beat it, and you're going to get your cool little, like, try. And you don't even get badges anymore. Like, the thing you get for beating trials is these Z-crystals, which let you do new moves. So yep. you're not just getting, like, JPEGs of badges to put in your badge wallet. You're getting, like, <laughs> crystals to equip on Pokemon to give them new uh, powers which are really useful and really fun and the animations are absurd like all of the starters eventually get uh z moves that are just like them essentially dropping a tactical missile of their type <laughs> on the mm-hmm. other pokemon and the snorlax mm-hmm. one is amazing where he's like asleep and then you wake him up and he like oh yes ta- dive bombs the pokemon against you they're all really, really weird those are like mortal Kombat fatality levels of just not like in terms of <laughs> violence but in terms of like oh my god that was like a complex or like a final fantasy summon you get one yeah, of those. Yeah, yeah, I think a that's a really good comparison. Yeah. Um, is it like the move that was like in X or whatever? The like, here's the weird, like, strong Pokemon and now. Like, oh, Mega can... Evolution? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like 
the I wouldn't say replacement for Mega Evolution because it's still brought okay. up in the game and stuff, but it's the same concept. The difference being that you can only use one Z move in, per fight. So if you're a, a fighting against like six things and one of your Pokemon uses a Z move, that's it. That's your only Z move. Yep, and so they can if it, miss. You gotta make it count. Yeah, and they can miss too, which is messed up. <laughs> yep. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. This definitely sounds like the Pokemon for me uh, that I'm probably going to have the most fun with. Uh, just by nature being more accessible and more interesting. So I'm excited to play it. Right. Oh, also I want to mention, can take pictures of Pokemon in the mm, wild. There's a camera. And that, I, uh, I am a very methodical player because I won't leave an area until I have caught every single Pokemon that can be found there, including like the 1% encounter rate Pokemon. <sighs> so that being said... I also have like really, really enjoyed the new features they've added, such as Pokemon Pelago, which is basically like now you get to interact with the Pokemon that are sitting in your boxes that you don't actively use. Huh. Um, and and they hatch have, like, eggs without doing anything. <laughs> right. You have like all these fun islands. It's like, woohoo, having a great time. Um, but also taking pictures of Pokemon, I cannot tell you how many like... How much time I have spent just sitting and taking pictures of all these cool Pokemon that show up in these things and they run around and they pose and they jump and they make cute noises and you take pictures of them and then you quote unquote like upload them and then people comment on the photo that you took. (laughs) You get like Instagram style comments where some of them are like actually really mean. They're like, I've seen better. And you're like, oh, come on. (laughs) And people will be like, my grandkids are cuter than this. Um, But they use like cute little emojis and stuff and they're like, wow, this is amazing. And it is so lovely. That is I'm so happy with that. But also, yeah. like, you get to upgrade your camera and stuff. So it's not, like, a stationary thing. Um, there's always something to work towards, and there's always something to do, which I love. Nice. That sounds great. It I'm is great. <laughs> it's definitely my All favorite right. Pokemon game to date. Nice. All right, is that it? Are we gonna take a break? Are we doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Break thing. Let's do the break thing. We'll be right back. Merry Christmas! I don't want to fight
Hey, Katie. Hello. Do you want to watch Krampus? Oh. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Uh, Do you want to tell the Krampus story? Do you want to tell the Krampus story? So, yeah, go ahead. Way, way, way back in another year, 2015, Krampus came out in theaters, and Eli actually asked me to watch Krampus with him in theaters, and I said no because it looked silly, and I just wasn't in the mood to watch a silly horror comedy movie. And um, you know, ever since then. He's kind of asked me from time to time, do I want to watch Krampus? And my answer has been no, because it's not Christmas time, and I don't want to watch Krampus in July. So, um, <laughs> you know, fast forward to maybe about a week ago, Eli asked me again, hey, Caitlin, do you want to watch Krampus? And I was like, uh... you know what? No, I just don't want to watch a movie right now. I just don't want to see it whatever it's not just not my thing right now so um he ended up watching Krampus with our roommate whatever that was cool then not even two days after that we were talking about what we want to do for the podcast this episode (sighs) and Ryan is like hey I was thinking we could watch Krampus (laughs) and I was like I made a mistake I should have said yes at least one of those times at least this most recent time, because it would have been right on time. But, uh, you know, yep. So I had to watch it, and Eli laughed at me because I said no so many times. It's like a Christmas. It's like that story where the, the couple <laughs> buy each other presents for Christmas, but then they both like buy something that the other person wanted to use with the money. What am I thinking of? It's like <laughs> the pocket watch and the, the comb. The girl yes. cut her hair off to buy him a chain for his pocket watch, but he sold his pocket watch to buy her a comb for her hair. Yes, it's like that. <laughs> but for Krampus, <laughs> the movie. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, our sharing experience this episode is the 2015 film Krampus, directed by Michael Doherty. Um, I didn't know what to expect when I watched this movie. I just thought, hey, it's almost Christmas time. And also, I kind of want to watch a horror movie. Krampus is both of those. Let's watch that. I did not know that it was also kind of a comedy. And yeah, I just just didn't know what to expect. And I was wondering, what did y'all think of this weird movie? It's really dumb. (laughs) (laughs) It's like really dumb. Um, it's kind of dumb. I I was actually surprised that it wasn't there wasn't more comedy stuff, but I do appreciate a good horror film that like can be silly but not ironic. Like it takes the mm. comedy stuff is like just incidental. Like it it mostly takes itself pretty seriously, I think. It's like, oh, here's a myth and here's some bad stuff that happens, but like, you know, eventually towards the end once they're actually fighting stuff, it's like a full-on comedy and they're like fighting yeah. gingerbread in the kitchen and you're like, "Okay, mm-hmm. you know who you are now." But like the first half an hour is just like a really sad Christmas movie. <laughs> it's like, yep. yeah, here's a family that doesn't work together well. Yeah, and it's super awkward and like a little bit relatable. And it's like, oh my god, there's like they're gonna have like a political conversation over dinner at some point, and they're like snipping at each other, and it just sounds really uncomfortable. Uh, and then the bodies start dropping. <laughs> yep. And yeah. the snow starts, and the el- elves come, and 
Uh, and the grandma knows everything. The smartest grandma in the world. Um, and that's what that was the part where I felt like the movie kind of got like, uh, you know, I watched it in two parts, and the second part was pretty much right around there, where I was like, okay, yeah. and now it's silly. Now it's good. All right, let's watch yeah. these people slowly. Get, and you know, it becomes like a people trapped in a house horror movie, like that specific genre, where everything outside is frozen over, uh, and of course, <laughs> we. I want to talk about the girl, the daughter at some point, but we'll get to it. It's just, yeah, it, it kind of like goes through the beats of like one person tries to go outside. Oh no, bad things yeah. outside. Okay. I guess we got to stay yeah. in and does that a bunch until they're pretty much all just slowly picked off. Um, but I thought it was fun. Yeah. What about you, Katie? Um, I thought it was pretty, I thought it was a pretty fun movie. I liked it. I liked like mm-hmm. the little one liners and stuff. Um, you know, it made me giggle and, uh, you know, what a nice way to get into the holiday spirit, I guess. Um, I like <laughs> the soundtrack a lot, actually. Um, yeah. I know that's like something I typically don't always put a lot of emphasis on, but I was like, hey, you know, this is a pretty full sounding song and I can appreciate it. Um, mm-hmm. There were a few things where I was like, ah, oh, that seems like this was never tied up, really, plot-wise. But that's okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. I guess I wish it was scarier, in a way. Yep. Like, a little Me more too. gory, at least. Um, because a lot of stuff tends to be left up to the imagination. Yeah. And I wish it were a little more like visually involved in that aspect. Um, Well, here's my, yeah, here's my problem with that. That was like, I wish, I wish this movie just like you said, just went more, more gore. And like you said, it leaves a lot up to interpretation, but like not, not in like a fun, not like something like, uh, Man, I don't really remember the Babadook well enough. Mm-hmm. But, like, something like a paranormal activity or something. Like, the first paranormal activity, like, the ending of that movie uh, is, like, a lot of, like, loud noise. And you're like, oh, I have to picture in my head what's happening. Which is scarier than whatever they would probably do on screen. With here, it's just like, oh, cut away. Right. Like, and not, it's not like, you know... It's not like I'm um, picture something in my head that's like really terrifying. It's like oh, they didn't show this like someone getting like slapped or whatever. I don't know. It just it felt really safe, and it's it felt like a movie that's like oh, just you know, there's it's playing in theaters and you have a bunch of friends and you just you're you just want a fun time at the theater. Uh, I don't know. It just, for me, it didn't do enough to be, like, effective, I guess. I guess. I think my question to that is, because I agree with you, is then why do we want to see violence? Like, what's satisfying about watching these people? Like, I I, like, I want, you know, for example, like, when uh, David Koechner, the uncle, uh, his character, like, starts to get dragged into the snow... Um, as someone who loved him in that one Final Destination film, I really wanted to like see him get eaten, but he just kind of like gets mm. nibbled at and he comes out and he's like, oh, I got a wound in my foot. And I was like, no. I, and then I thought about it. And I was like, well, why do I want to see him get eaten? 
So I'm, I guess I'm kind of asking that question then to you both. I don't know, but I've always really, I know this sounds, I've talked about it before on here, but I always appreciate gore and stuff like that in movies and TV shows generally. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Um, Cause I was also it's, a person. It's fun. Yeah. I, I, I guess that's what it is. <laughs> I, yeah. I like Scream. Scream is that. Scream is like, let's watch a bunch of shitty teens get killed. I think it is fun, but I'm just, I'm like, what is the cycle? I don't know. I'm overthinking this, but like, what's the psychological part of our brain that's disappointed by Krampus? Because like when the gingerbread shoot the nails at David Keckner, it's just like, oh, they all missed. Like, oh man. Or I had that same reaction. <laughs> actually. Yeah. He gets one to the leg and it's not, it doesn't even look like it's that bad. Um, there's no, yeah. I think it, part of it is that there's a lot of build off, but because there's no actual violence, there isn't a lot of actual violence. There's very little payoff. Um, mm-hmm. cause like speaking of the daughter, we know she died in the universe that this movie takes place in, but mm-hmm. like we saw nothing of that. We don't even, you didn't even see her get like attacked. Um, right. I think this, we didn't see what was in the box. No. True. 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 The, I think I thought that was going to be like some sort of reveal that like, Oh, what popped out of the box and made her scream. I think it might've been their clown, which is the, the Jack in the box monster that was like in the attic. Ooh, the mm-hmm. goopy monster, the goopy swallow monster, yummy. Yeah, because it was also Jack in the Box under the DHL truck that she mm-hmm. got oh, attacked probably. by. Oh, probably, and it just comes out of that. Oh, gross. Yeah. See, but I had to think about that. Like, the idea in my head is gross. Yeah. Um, but what mm-hmm. we do see of the Jack in the Box is, like, kind of nasty. I like the idea of it more than anything, of just, mm-hmm. like, this big, huge thing that can still get really, like, they still lose it in the attic. Um, right. which is one of those like dumb horror movie moments where it's like it's huge and slow and full of people and we lost it you're like what it's like a small attic um i thought that thing was the coolest thing in this movie yeah yeah and i'm just I saying definitely i definitely liked like, it best it out of all a, of the it, monsters or whatever yeah it was like the most creep creepily designed one yeah with, with the, the mouth like, mouth yep it's like a really Ugh. slimy i wonder if that was like practical stuff because that would have been impressive. Yeah, I'd be curious. I like that we can't yeah. tell. I think that's interesting. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. And then just the, the, in terms of like, this is a movie about a bunch of like, well, partially about a bunch of affluent white people and a bunch of like less affluent white people. Uh, I didn't like relate to anyone whatsoever. There was like no care, like viewer insert for me. Um, I don't know how y'all felt about that. But like the daughter, we were talking about this last night, but like, why did they just let, they just let her leave? She's like, I'm gonna go visit my boyfriend, and in the freezing cold, uh, and they're like, okay, be back in an hour. And she's like, sure, I will, I definitely will. <laughs> she leaves. Yeah. They're like, we should go find her, and they go looking for her, and then come back, and they're like, all right, I guess she's gone. Okay, bye. <laughs> like, whose parents are that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, and then yeah, like, I'm trying to think who was my favorite character. Big fan of the aunt, the like older aunt who with the shotgun at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, she's great. She's super. Teaches the kids how to make peppermint schnapps. Um, I haven't been this hungover since the Pope died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> but yeah, that's definitely in the phase of the movie where everyone's just kind of spouting one-liners. Uh, Adam Scott is a totally serviceable dad, I guess. <laughs> He's just kind yes. of the guy. Yeah. Um, Tony Collette gets that like horror movie like dirty face makeup very quickly, even though she's just in her house. And I was like, I don't know what, uh, 
we're just it looks like we're all disheveled and we're a mess but really like we were in like a brief attic fight i don't know there's like moments in, in this movie where i was just like oh the makeup like the amount of like wear and tear on them looks like kind of excessive or cheesy um mm. but that's definitely that's actually a very michael doherty thing because i this director also he did um trick or treat which was a halloween anthology film in a similar vein similar style and like comedy style um which i liked a lot more i think that because it's shorter um it doesn't like feel the need to drag out its concept anymore because this movie is just like a a horror show of like here's this group of bad things based on the krampus smith that are going to attack the family here's the next one here's the next one Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. everyone dies and falls into the pits of hell except wait (laughs) it was all not real maybe he still except has the bells. Yeah. Yeah, except it totally was. Two two scariest moments in the movie, definitely. Um, for me. One was when the two twins, uh, was it like Jamie Jamie and Stevie? It was Jordan and Stevie. Jordan and Stevie Stevie, yeah. yeah. Uh and they like go up to the attic and they hear the girl. But it's not the girl. Yes. It's like the high pitched voice. I'm like, that, that was legitimately creepy. Because, but also very dumb. They're just like, oh, you're upstairs, you silly. Let's go visit. Yep. Uh, and then yeah, the moment where everyone sees the bell at the end and they realize what what happened was like very cool. Because I thought that everything had been erased, and it's like, oh no, it was all very real all along. To be continued? Question mark. Yeah. Those I just, thought yeah, it was kind ones. of like a. There going to relive Christmas for the rest of forever kind of thing. Oh, I didn't think of it like that. Yeah, because they're just in the snow globe that is being like, oh, watched by Krampus that, and he has like all these others in his lair. So I think it's just like Christmas forever now. Can we go back to the family? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Um. Alright. So when this film opened... It was like, okay, everybody's going Christmas shopping and it's violent and it feels like a critique of capitalism. Right. In a way, right? Completely dropped a couple minutes later. And then it gets to the family and the family is like a rich, you know, they're rich. They're fucking rich. That's a nice ass house. Yeah, yeah. They're rich. Uh, And then they're... Their fam, their like family that's visiting are people who are, I'll say poor, even though that they own a Hummer and like a billion guns. All just for the sake of this, I think this movie is trying to frame them as the poor white people, right? Yes. And they're hicks, quote unquote. Those are I'm not calling white people hicks. It's the way the movie characterizes them. Yes. They're very. They're the redneck family. They're the ig- the one with the ignorant viewpoints. The dad doesn't think that global warming exists, etc. But, like, both of them aren't really relatable, and I don't like either of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because the, like, liberal side of the family is all, like... And this is just my politics in general, right? Mm-hmm. The, li- the liberal family is just, like, oh, we're better than them. And then the... The poor family is more just like, just like ignorant for the sake of being like cartoonishly ignorant, right? Right. Like they're more character caricatures than anything else. And I don't know. Like there was some stuff that I liked, like the fact that uh, it called out like the dad wanted the girls to be boys and stuff like that. 
that I've like actually seen in real life and it's kind of it's pretty shitty but I don't know I just I didn't it just felt flat for me that whole dynamic and the whole like oh you saved my life we're cool now and I don't know like is this movie trying to say that we should reach across the aisle oh yeah I don't know I don't know but in like not the like and not in a way that's actually like helpful in like a way that's like oh save your loved ones from a bunch of monsters and they'll like you I guess yeah that I don't know. that is exactly yeah because if it's just saying like hey maybe reach across the aisle then it's like well why only because horrible things happen like do they not not just because it's Christmas. because they're family yeah no, but like what's the circumstances that make them decide <laughs> to do that it's like oh we're being killed yeah we should probably work with these people who we usually dislike and can't tolerate um definitely my one of my least favorite lines of the movie was when they tried to get us to like adam scott and tony collette's characters the rich mom and dad when they're like sad and everything's going badly and they're like or like they're sitting at night and they're talking and yeah oh and she's like i miss us us. like yeah 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 he's out getting a damn paycheck so you can pay the mortgage on this expensive fucking house (laughs) exactly yeah (laughs) yeah uh, and then the whole line was like, oh, they just proved that they should get tested before they breed. Like, fuck off. What is wrong with you? Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. They're not yeah, like that. I don't like either of the families here. They both suck. True. Also, this movie's very white. It's so white. Yes, it is. It is the whitest it's thing. It's so white. It's not even a big cast, but, too. It's like seven, six or seven people, and it's like, really? You couldn't fit anyone in there? Not even, like, a cool cousin or, like, no? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a cool cousin. Cool cousin. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but, no, secret best hero character, like, favorite? It's the dog, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the dog, like, it saves the day and is perfect. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, this dog is useless. Like, I told him to do something, and he, they ran away. Or she. I think they call it a she. Um, yeah, Rosie. Rosie, yeah. And and then at the end, it, like, eats the gingerbread. The, like, on-fire gingerbread demon, like, yep. eats it. Um, It's, like, super cool and super helpful and nice. And I love good dog characters. And they don't kill it. And that's good. <laughs> it's not enough of that <laughs> in uh, these types of movies. That was nice. Wait. I thought I thought the dog dies. Wait, when is the dog? Not on screen, dies. at least. Yeah, that's the movie in the nutshell, <laughs> though. The yeah. dog dies, but not on screen. <laughs> There is, there's like well, a wiki, by the well, way. Well, like, no, I meant, I, I just meant like not on screen, like nothing happens on screen. Yeah, Bl- blank, but not on screen. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There's a wiki of uh, that you can search any movie, and it tells you that if it has a dog in it, and whether or not the dog dies. Does the dog die? Dot com. Yeah. Yeah. Great website. We mentioned, <laughs> we mentioned this before on the show. On the show? Oh my yep. god, you're yep. right. I think I might have discovered it on the show. We've been doing this for so long. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, also, like, the, the, uh, father of, like, the other family is just the most unsatisfying way to end that character. Mm-hmm. For him to just be like, oh, fucking fairy tale bullshit, and then just jump on a thing and just, like, float away. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. That scene's way, that's, like, like a rushed scene. Yeah. Like, oh, we need to that get scene, rid of half the cast fast. Yeah. Go. <laughs> 
That scene wanted to be the bar scene in Shaun of the Dead so bad. Ooh. Mm-hmm. One of the best scenes of any horror comedy. It's literally the scene. They bust through the window and all the monsters come in and they take like half of the characters. It's literally that scene. Yeah, yeah. But you don't like anyone enough in this movie to be like, oh no, I'm like I'm sad. It's just like, okay. Right. Just, yeah. just yank the aunt, the uncle. The, my the favorite in that scene was those the elves, right? When you're talking about like when the elves bust through the windows. I think so. Shout out to the uh, the one elf that waves at the camera during. This yes, scene. I like that too. <laughs> like, hey everybody, I'm in a movie. That must have been a fun thing to film. Just like a bunch of extras running through the window and like screaming and yanking and ripping people apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I just. This is going back to like Michael Doherty's whole fascination with like twisting traditional holiday uh, icons, um, like all the different types of monsters. Like there's obviously the flaming gingerbreads, the uh, angel on top of the tree, but it has feathers and it bites. Um, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the jack in the box that's just a big stomach, um, and then like when they, even just like the visual of when they defeat the angel, it it gets like pinned to the wreath on top of the fireplace. Like, ah, beautiful. Mwah. They nailed it. Literally nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love that stuff. Or, like, the way that the, the characters get, like, hanged in the attic by the Christmas lights. Just, like, the yep. taking the, the visual iconography of something re- recognizable and, like, twisting it and making it a little bit dark is, like, charming. But... It looked cool. Yeah. It's got a pretty good look. i that. Yeah. Um, although, a lot of the end is just, like, blue and white. Yes. Like there were parts of this movie where, or like when they're outside, especially, which I think is intentional, yeah. but it's just like, yeah, this is the blue and white world. Um, right. <laughs> and then you're like, this movie's done. Everyone's dead. And there's like 15 minutes left. And the boy, who's played pretty well, like it's like 10 or something, yep. uh, goes outside. Another genuinely scary moment when he's in the car by himself and has to like, just the fear of being a kid and not knowing how to drive is scary. Yeah. Also in the snow, and also all of your family died is extra scary. Uh, drives a little while, finds Krampus, goes, "Hey, take me instead." Krampus says, "Okay, how about I take everyone?" Yeah, <laughs> and just laughs at him. Out. Yeah, exactly. That Krampus design, really good, by the way. Very, very. Yeah, creepy. I loved his design. Mm-hmm. Just like mm-hmm. his his face, plus the hooves and stuff. Hooves, the horns, yeah. And how he was just so like massive and hunched over yeah there's something yeah there's something very menacing about that and he can just like tell people what to do and then like all of the monsters go go kooky spooky uh did any of you kids either of y'all care about the grandma like backstory stuff i think again it looked nice yeah Yeah. it's an animated Um, sequence it's okay yeah i don't know it was fine. <laughs> her her, her story is basically I d- w- wished people believed in Christmas, so Krampus killed my whole family. Like, yep. Yeah, that's and they made that into like a five minute animated sequence. So it's a lot of like tone setting and just like ah d- killing, but again not that violent and whatever. The grandma also just kind of well, the grandma has that cool moment at the end where she stays inside. Mm-hmm. She's just like I'll fight him and then looks inside the box and i love that she screams in terror but what's inside the box is to- or in the bag it's like a bunch of toys <laughs> it's a bunch of toys that yep. are gonna kill her but it's just like oh here's a teddy bear and like a wind-up soldier <laughs> i was like that moment made me giggle a little bit mm. um yeah it's a weird movie I'm trying to think of any other scenes even uh 
Do you... Uh, I mean, there's the very end where, like, all the monsters fucking show up and, like, laugh at you watching the movie. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like, Don't roast like, oh, me. You thought this was a happy ending. Fuck you. <laughs> Christmas forever. Yep. Room full of snow globes. Ro- room full of St. Elsewhere's uh, for our <laughs> older listeners. A good refer- Good catch on that reference, hopefully. Um. <laughs> yeah, and then just the again the iconography of the snow globe is like cool, but that's all this movie is It's just like a bunch of iconography and like fun horror violence, but not not or like horror like implied violence. <laughs> ultimately. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good summary. Yeah, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't watch it again. I wouldn't put it in my like annual Christmas queue, no. but I don't regret watching it. I was like, oh, it's sure, fun. it's a it's a fun little thing. Yeah, it's a fun little thing. I didn't have any christmas like a film watching planned for this year so it was nice because i always do stuff like that for halloween but for christmas i was just like i don't know i've seen all of the major ones i like to watch the claymation stuff every once in a while but there isn't i haven't watched a good christmas movie in a while so that was satisfying i guess mm-hmm. yeah what <laughs> last question by the way what horror uh holiday horror movie should michael doherty do next based on what holiday Mm. Thanksgiving. Ooh. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey y'all, the the horror movie movie version of Thanksgiving is the real life story of Thanksgiving. Whoops. True. Yeah, whoops, whoops, whoops. True. Uh Fourth of July would be very good. That's actually a very good answer. Uh just like lots of fireworks exploding. But then you'd have to actually get violent. You'd have to actually like see some stuff explode. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's the only way for that to work. Um, yeah, I would watch a good, like, I was going to say Arbor Day just to be annoying. <laughs> like a bunch of trees, like druidic trees and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Or even like a New Year's one, but then that would just kind of be like Cloverfield. Where it's like, oh, we're all drunk yeah. and having fun, but whoops, the the Cthulhu monster attacked. I think that, that idea has legs of like holiday horror. Maybe. Mm-hmm. There it is. That's a discussion on the movie. We got some questions about the movie. Oh, yay. Let's start with this question from Fred. Is Krampus culturally relevant again? Asked Fred. No. No. <laughs> not, especially not because of this movie. Yeah. It's just a monster. Yeah. There was nothing really culturally. I don't, no point was a like, oh, biting commentary. Except for the maybe the opening, but even then, it doesn't make good on that. So, also, like, do you think this movie would have been more, been more interesting if they went for more historically accurate with the Krampus myth? Yeah, I was about maybe. to say that, like, they don't really touch on its actual roots or anything like that at all. Very much, it's just kind of like, here's the guy; he's a monster man. <laughs> so, yeah. I would have liked to see more of like a digging into Krampus personally. Like a religious horror kind of thing a little bit? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. That's what we, that's how you make it Krampus culturally relevant again. There was that one movie, I, The Unborn, that kind of scared me, I think, but it had to do with like twins and stuff. So, but it also goes into like mythology a little bit or religion kind of thing mm-hmm. and 
I feel yeah. like Krampus could have done with a bit of that as well. I would watch Brian Fuller's Krampus. <laughs> oh my god! Well, that's Hannibal a lot because there's like well, Krampus yeah. imagery in Hannibal, straight like horned demons and stuff. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> says the says the dude who's never watched Hannibal to the person who's watched all of it like twice. <laughs> yeah, you don't get it. There's like totally yeah. Krampus. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I would totally. Yeah, Brian. Brian yeah. yeah, I would watch that. Uh, second question. We got two questions from David here. Uh, first one: Who the fuck does the Krampus think their ass is? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. Krampus is really entitled to ruining everybody's Christmases. And mm-hmm. Krampus is the person at Christmas who got coal and then spent the rest of his life uh, swearing revenge on the little kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like who's yeah, who does Krampus think he is? He's a he's a bad MFer. Uh and he and he's gonna take you and he's gonna throw you in his hellhole <laughs> and give you your sack. He's just the anti Santa, right? Like that's what it right. is, right? Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. He, he thinks he's the yeah. anti Santa. And I always it. think it's funny because like the figures who like punish bad people are always viewed as evil. But they're punishing bad people. That's supposed to be a good thing. I don't know. Not that I think that punishment is like, ah, good job. But <laughs> yep. I think that's partly because the definition of bad people has changed a lot. Um, like what bad kids, like kids who act out, are gonna get killed and eaten. Like that's a little bit harsh, Krampus, my dude. <laughs> Excuse mm-hmm. me, Mr. Krampus. So. How does he determine what kids to pick on? Bad does kids, he, does obviously. he get a list? Oh, yeah, bad kids. No, but you got to do a study on why they're acting badly. There's a lot of factors. They're never just a brat. True. Well, sometimes they are. Sometimes they are. But it's complicated. He's very horny. It's like... Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. Yep. Speak, speaking of which, second question from David... Uh, does Camp does Krampus have a gender? Uh, he notes that this is for MB reasons. I I don't know. I think that Krampus he, is male. Unfortunately, I yeah. suppose. Just because Santa's male, Santa, yeah, and he's yeah. like Santa's the male. the foil of Santa. But if he's the anti-Santa, yeah. then what if he's not male? Yeah, I I, just, I don't know. I I male default a lot of things, uh, and I know it's not great. Um, yeah, same was, actually. So it's fine. It's not fine, but you know, same. I get you. It is what it is. Krampus does not have it. to have a gender. Krampus is whatever gender they feel like having. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> all we all they have be to be is horny and hooved. Yeah. Um, and any any of us can be that if we try hard enough. Last question from Eli: How did the fireside friends feel about the goofy sound effects in Krampus? They were goofy as hell. Exactly. They were very <laughs> goofy. Uh, I don't know. I could have done... I I could have had that toned down a bit, I guess. They weren't used a lot, but when they were used, it was like, oh, this person just got thrown, a, thrown across the room, and it goes... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. This movie gets it. All right. 
Just very self-aware. Yeah, those sound yeah, that, I, yeah, that's how I felt about it too. Self-aware, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Is that it for Krampus? We did a whole episode. On, well, we did ha- a whole segment on a kind of decent horror movie. <laughs> I'm proud of us, frankly. <laughs> yeah, we did it. All right, let's do some housekeeping. Uh, if you have, well, it's a little too late. I, I should start saying the questions before we do the questions. Uh, but if you have any questions, you can send the Fireside Friends podcast at gmail.com. That's the email. It's really long. I'm sorry. But nobody sends us emails. So does it really matter? No, it doesn't. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at Podcast Fireside. You can rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. That would really help us a lot, boost that visibility, get more people listening to the show. And if you haven't already, check out the uh, hashtag on Twitter, support POC pods. Uh, our friend Sean Lau uh, did a campaign, uh, campaigning for more visibility uh, for people of color in the podcast space. Uh, and there is a whole letter and everything that we signed, um, and you can go check that out. And check out all of the podcasts listed in the support POC pod hashtag. Uh, and expose yourself to more viewpoints outside of your own. Um, it's always helpful and podcasts are a good uh, avenue for that. And uh, yeah, I think that's it for us. Alan, where can people find you on the internet? I can be found on Twitter at Alan Ibrahim, spelled A-L-L-E-N-I-B-R-A-H-I-M. And that's a fun place to follow me for fun times. Fun, fun, fun. Katie's off the grid as usual. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Talking Detective, all one word. I have a blog that is Talking Detective. Yep. I have a blog that is TalkingDetective.com. And yeah, I think that's it. For us here, uh, I hope everybody has a good holiday. Uh, stay safe. Do something that makes you happy because the world is a scary place right now. And uh, yeah, we'll be back in a couple weeks with a sort of year-end podcast. Kind of doing a recap uh, of the things we have enjoyed throughout the entire year of 2016. But until then... Thanks, everybody, for listening. Good luck out there, and don't forget to take care of yourself. We'll see you all later. Katie, can I get you to say the F word once? No. Oh, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Eli, I'm about to say a bad word. Because <laughs> Alan wants to hear me say the F word. Oh, this is all recording. <laughs> this is all recording, yes. What do you mean, no? Don't, don't break your, your lifelong... He's screaming right now. Like... Uh, well, well, I mean, I've done it before. <laughs> Wait, uh, I haven't even heard you. Yes, you have. I have not heard you say Yes, you have. I have not. Yeah, huh? When? You don't yeah, have huh? to, Katie. Oh. Katie, you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs>